Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hey everyone, welcome to the Heme Podcast episode for today. And the title of this podcast episode is Which Game Are You Playing? I am your host, Toyasi Anwamana, physician scientist, hematologist, encourager, and friend. Today, the theme of the podcast is 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to talk about which game you're playing. This is going to be good. It's a continuation from last week, where I talked about competition. I want to take a step back and first encourage you, oh, woman of color in hematology, that you don't have to play the game. Yes, there's a game. Yes, they've asked you to play. Clearly, it's rigged against you. The chances are high that you won't win. But as long as they are making up the rules of the game without your strengths in mind, it can be a losing game for you. And so I'm here to encourage you that you don't have to play. You don't have to play any game. But if you're going to play, you can make up your own game with your own rules where you have the strengths that allow you to win. Because you're a winner. You've always won. You've been winning since you were a child. You won your way through med school. You won your way through residency. You won your way or are winning your way through fellowship training. You are winning your way through life. And when you get to the space where people tell you you're not winning, you know it's a false space. You know that the only way you don't win is if someone's rigging the game. You know. And so I just want to encourage you, oh, woman of color and hematology, it doesn't matter what the prize is. It doesn't matter where they say they're going to play. Doesn't matter the arena. Doesn't matter the players. You don't have to play their game. And if you're going to play any game, please make it a game you want to play with rules that favor you. Because you are a winner. And every game you play, you play to win. Because at the end of the win is a better you. At the end of the win is a more confident, self-assured, creative, beautiful, encouraging, wonderful, phenomenal, better you. All right, woman of color in hematology. I'm going to continue my story from last week. Last week, you may remember that I talked about this competition between my sisters and my exercise buddy friend and, and I, where we had, at the beginning of the pandemic, committed to this crazy competition in which we were going for exercise minutes, steps, and flights of stairs taken 
And somehow I had started a little bit, um, you know, uh, temperate thinking, okay, I'm just going to do this much. And then all of a sudden I saw that my sisters and our friend were doing a lot of crazy things. And all of a sudden I entered into the bandwagon of craziness where I was just exercising all the time. I was running all the time. My toes were numb. It was just crazy. But there we were in the midst of the craziness. And it was a 12 month competition. And January was fine since I wasn't crazy in January. But February came and March came and then we got into April and the competition just kept ramping up. And actually, I was getting to a point, too, where I was like, whoa, who knew that I could run so much? (laughs) Who knew how many steps I could take? Who knew how much exercise I could get in? And so I was actually kind of impressed with how much I could get out of this exercise thing. And like, whoa, I exercised for five hours yesterday? No way. How much more is possible? And so it actually became a game in figuring out how how I could do more than I did the time before. And as I continued to be in this competition, a realization dawned on me. So I told you earlier, my sister lives in New York. And so she was dominating the stairs part of the competition because she had to walk up five flights of stairs just to get to her apartment in New York with no no elevator. So she was just going to win every day just by virtue of leaving from work and going home or going to the grocery store. She just always had that advantage. And then she lived in a hilly, really hilly neighborhood in, in New York. And so even just going outside for a walk, she was just getting all those flights in recorded by her, her smartwatch. And so I, on the other hand, it's pandemic and a lot of the things we're doing were working from home. I would go in to see patients, but I wasn't going in to see patients often enough where I could take advantage of the stairs at work. And so I had to depend on my stairs at home, which I have a split level home. And so (laughs) somehow my watch wouldn't register when I would go up half of the split level stairs that I had done anything. So I was actually losing the game as far as the stairs were concerned. And I tried so hard. I was like, okay, I'm going to go into work more and climb the flights of stairs more. And I have to tell you, I hate steps. I just hate the stairs. I do. And I'm all about exercise. I'm all about getting your steps in. I'm all about all, all about that. But I will tell you that I hate the stairs. I hate it. I feel like it's the exercise I do where no matter how many times I do it, I'm still huffing and puffing at the end of it. And I just, I'm like, I don't even want that kind of endurance. No, thank you. Anyway, so I, I did get to that point in the competition where I saw that it was a losing battle it was, it was too hard for me to be able to go find a flight of stairs that I could climb up that my watch would accept as having climbed stairs. And I just, I actually, I, I made a decision. In the middle of this competition, I said, I'm no longer going to compete in this specific area. So remember, I told you there were three areas, steps, exercise, and f- the flights of stairs. And I just came out of the flight of stairs. I was like, my sister in New York is going to win that. I'm going to let her win that. But I'm going to win just exercise minutes and steps. And I'm going to win both of them. And what I decided to do is I would layer both, right? So exercise minutes, you can get doing any kind of exercise, right? Steps you can get only while moving. And so I decided that every exercise minute I was going to do was going to count for steps. So that actually meant that that's why I was running all the time, because if it was going to be an exercise that also counted for steps, it needed to be an exercise where I was moving. And actually I did some walking, but the walking wasn't working for me because In 30 minutes of walking, I would have already run twice the distance. And so I recognize that in terms of efficiency of the amount of time, 
like how much mileage I was getting out of the time, I needed to keep running. And so that's why I became this running monster where I was just running all the time. And it worked actually because others were trying to be a little bit more balanced in terms of the kinds of exercise that they did. But here I was just focused on only one thing. I was just running and running, getting my steps and my exercise minutes in. And part of the one of the reasons I was running too is because I'd gotten to a point where my smartwatch wasn't picking up my walking as exercise. It was like, well, your heart rate's not up high enough, therefore you're not exercising. And so in my mind, I was like, I am not going to spend an hour walking only to come back and have my smartwatch have only captured 20 minutes of that as exercise. Because the way that we were doing our checks and balances at the end of each month was that you had to upload your smartwatch's output of what you had actually done. So you can't just be like, well, I did 30 minutes and the smartwatch didn't capture it. That didn't count. You had to have evidence. And so the only way I knew for sure to get my smartwatch to capture my exercise minutes was to run. Because when I was running, there was no question that my heart rate was up. And so I was just running all the time. And so in a sense, I rigged the game towards me. Yes, it meant that I wasn't, wasn't lifting weights. I wasn't doing all these other things for strength training. I was just running. And yeah, I had all the injuries of running, but I was still running. I didn't break anything. Fortunately for me, I had no stress fractures. But I definitely was like putting repeat trauma on my on my foot. And I was I told you I I stopped feeling my toes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. OK, so that was me. So because I was winning, I mean, I was just doing over a million steps a month. Right. I was going to getting to this point where I was literally running a marathon every other day. I actually really was. This is I, I you know, it's hard to explain, but I was and I would I would be so far ahead in the steps competition, the exercise minutes, people were easily able to beat me, but just not in the steps because I was layering everything. And so in order for them, my siblings and my friend to keep up, they also had to adjust their exercise. So my sister who'd started this competition, her big thing is weights. She loves to lift weights. She loves to be in the gym, you know, exercising different muscle groups. But in order to keep up with this competition, she also had to start to change her strategy so that I wouldn't win the steps side of things. The exercise minutes was up in the air because we could all do that. But the steps I was clearly going to win. Anyway, so we keep going. Things are getting crazy. Everyone's reporting injury. Everyone's like, uh, are you doing more? And then they get up and do more. Everyone's like, okay, trying to go to bed and then thinking, wait a minute, I'm trying to go to bed. My other sister is up running. So we were just, we were just, you know, the, it was like we were just on this crazy cycle until finally one day, we have this WhatsApp group. We get a message from my youngest sister. She's the one who started this competition. And the message reads, I, I can't do this anymore. I thought that this would be a competition about fitness and health, but instead it's turned out to be a super unhealthy competition. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I don't remember exactly what she said. But she says she can't believe that she's gotten to a point in her life where she can't even enjoy a movie without exercising. She's gotten to a point in her life where she has a backup smartwatch and then the backup of the backup smartwatch (laughs) so that she can prove to other people that she's exercising. And she realizes that her goal of fitness is totally not happening. Instead, what's happening is that she's actually becoming unhealthy. And it was a really long message. And she ended that by saying she quits. She, she spent a long time thinking about it. She, and because my sister, she's not someone who quits anything. 
But she had gotten to a point where she was like, you know what? I, I actually quit. And that was a big deal. Big deal for her. But also a big deal for us. Because, you know, we didn't see that coming. We had all thought of quitting. So I'll speak for myself. I had thought of quitting because I was like, this is too crazy. Like, I'm doing a million steps a month. How much more can I do? But I was like, I'm not quitting. I'm not going to be the one who, who's going to cop out. No way. I'm not going to be the one who's going to lose. And then who's going to get all my money? <laughs> Yes, I didn't have all good motives, guys. You don't have to judge me. I just I just felt like there was so much to lose. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to stop, but I had thought about it cuz I thought how long am I going to keep up this madness? We are running all the time. How much more can I do? I'm I'm exercising 5 and 6 hours a day like I'm only awake for 12. Like when is this going to stop? So I think each of us had that question. But it was my youngest sister, the one who started the competition, who finally got to the point where she was like, "I quit. You can all keep going if you want to, but I quit." And you know what was interesting? Our response, my response, I'm going to speak for myself. I was like, no, you started this competition. Uh Uh-uh, you got to see it through. But I also recognized, I mean, she's my sister. I love her. I'm not going to ask her to do something crazy. I did also recognize that sickness, the point of sickness to which she had gotten and that I had gotten. I mean, we're telling each other about our injuries, right? (laughs) We're all having injuries. We're all sharing with each other how, how bad things are and I mean, it's kind of like a laugh sometimes, but, it, but we, we really are like we, we, we know how much we've been suffering in the process of doing this competition. And yet we didn't stop. And so when she finally said, I quit, we understood. I understand how big a deal it was for her to quit. And I, as a supportive sister that I'm supposed to be, said, hey, I support your decision. But I was actually secretly disappointed because I had actually become intoxicated with this way of living. And I become intoxicated with I mean, I was looking great. Six months of five to six hour days of exercise, you know, you get to look really good. And yeah, I couldn't feel my toes, but I still looked great. (laughs) And there was a sense when she quit that I had lost something. And so, you know, my sister's quit by now. So there's one sister left in the game and our friend as well. We all circled to meet. And we're like, let's talk about this. And my sister who quits says, I don't even want to have any more conversations about this. I'm done. Have any conversations you want. Decide how you want to split the money. Whatever you decide, I just quit. And so the the other three of us met up to say, okay, what are we going to do? Should we stay in the competition? But it just didn't make sense. Like we were like, well, I really like the the lifestyle of exercise I've built. I'm going to keep going. I mean, we just had different thoughts about it. But over time, because I think we were really impressed with ourselves. I was really impressed with how much exercise I was getting in. And I was like, well, I don't have to do five hours a day, but I love that I've been exercising so consistently and I want to keep going with that. Because I think we recognize the benefits and benefits in quotes that we were getting. But you know what? Over the next few days, and I think for some of us, it took a couple of weeks. For me, it took a few weeks. I think I got to a place where I mean, I definitely scaled it back from the five, six hours a day to maybe two, maybe three hours, because it's really exhilarating. It's really intoxicating. But then I got to a place where I'm like, who am I doing this for? What is this for? I mean, there wasn't any competition anymore because we had all kind of opted out of the competition, Um, which, by the way, I did win the steps and the exercise minutes. I totally did. I I shouldn't even be proud of that, actually, because it was just a crazy competition. It's a competition where nobody wins at the end. And actually, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But I did win the steps and the exercise minutes. My strategy paid off. 
But over time, I think I began to recognize that I was like, I don't have to do one and two hours a day. Like, what is the benefit to me of one and two hours a day? I could do much more. I could sit and watch a movie. I could sit and enjoy time and conversation with my children. And really over time, and it really did take time to detox from the craziness of that competition. The competition actually officially ended. Like it officially ended when she quit. My sister quit. But I think it officially ended for me when I finally decided that I was like, you know what? I, I don't have to compete. There is no competition. And you know what? Then it helped me to go back to the very beginning. Because if you remember from last week, I actually already had my own exercise regime that I was doing. And my friend in England was my buddy. It was my accountability partner. And so we just went back. We went back to healthy exercise, healthy daily exercise. And we just quit with the, with the craziness. And so fast forward, that was in 2020. We quit in June of 2020. The competition was supposed to go through December 2020, but when my sister quit, the competition actually quit. Fast forward to January of 2023, and you know what happens in January. Everybody wants to get their fitness on and, you know, meet new goals and everyone's in the gym. We joke among our group that January is the hardest time to be in the gym because everybody shows up. And, and then we have to encourage each other. We're like, just give it two more weeks, give it two more weeks. They're going to go away. <laughs> And truly, truly, at the end of January, the gyms are empty again, you know? Those of us who go regularly can be like, okay, great, we've got our space back. But it was January of 2023, and I get an invitation from someone at work, and it's the annual fitness challenge, and this person says, hey, I'm building a team of hematologists, and will you be part of this team? And actually, I'll tell you that at first I thought, oh, wow, this is really nice of this person to ask me. And, you know, I, I, again, I've told you before, I'm a recurring people pleaser. And my first thought was, wow, it took her maybe some courage to ask me. And I don't even know why she would, she would, she would ask me. I, we're not really in the same circles, but how nice of her to include me on this team. And my first instinct was to say, sure, I'll be on your team. And then I thought back to our competition in 2020. And I thought back to how crazy I was trying to compete. And I went back to the fact that, you know what, I'm exercising daily and I like my exercise regimen and it doesn't need to be any crazier than it already is. And I told her, thank you. I don't do competition anymore. I have my own exercise regimen that I keep up with. It is sustainable. I do it daily and that's what I want to do. And I want to thank you for inviting me, but no thank you. And I think it must have been interesting for her to get that kind of message because who says no to keeping up with fitness goals at the beginning of the year? But I do. I say no. And I say no because I've seen myself in competition. I'm crazy. Y'all, I'm crazy in competition. And I don't call myself crazy lightly because I'm not a crazy person. I don't, I don't even believe in calling yourself names. But you know what? I, I turn into a maniac when it comes to competition, because I am so focused on the prize that I can't see how much it costs me. And so now I know, having had this crazy experience in 2020 where I was in competition with some equally competitive and motivated women, that I'm the kind of person who can no longer be in competition with anybody except myself. All right, I'm going to end the story there. And I want to share the lessons that come out of that space for me. I think lesson number one 
is that the competition keeps going until someone says stop. (laughs) And that sounds really obvious. Of course, the competition keeps going until someone says, says stop. But I do want to say it again. Competition is going to keep going until somebody raises their hands and opts out. And it may keep going even when somebody says no, because for them, their competition's ended. But everybody else who's still in the game can keep going if they choose. But it ends when somebody says stop, no more. And sometimes it ends the whole competition. In this case, it kind of did. But What is true is that the competition ends for the one who says stop. So it's like, you all can do what you want to do, but I'm no longer in this competition. And the competition ends as soon as somebody says no more. And in bringing it back to our careers in hematology, there's competition everywhere. You've been in competition, even if you are not now. You've done some things that you wouldn't have done. I've done some crazy things just to to keep up with the Joneses. And it really takes you looking at yourself, looking at the cost, looking at the benefits you say you're getting and recognizing that you don't have to do it. You don't have to. And so some of us are looking to the system to stop the madness. We're like, why don't you all stop the madness? Why don't you stop making us do this? And the reality is we have agency. We lead our lives. We lead our careers. We don't have to do what we don't want to do. We don't have to do the things that are hurting us. But it's going to keep going. No one's going to end it until you raise your hand and you say, stop. That for me is lesson number one. Lesson number two is really about the competition itself. Now, I was playing. I was in it to win it. But as long as I was playing, I played to my strengths. So over time, it became pretty obvious to me, actually, early on, that the flights, you know, climbing the stairs business, I wasn't going to win that. In fact, it was too difficult for me. What was easy for me, especially in the midst of the pandemic, was to open the door and get out of the house or even to run within my house. I definitely ran the carpet bare in that space where I was just running back and forth, just trying to make the, the exercise minutes and the steps but I only played one game. I only ran. And that running also got me my exercise minutes. It got me my steps. And so as long as I was playing in this competition and you, you know, you ask the question, should I even have been in the competition at all? But as long as I was playing, I played to my strengths. And I won because I won in the place in which I was strongest. No, I didn't win the flight of stairs. I gave that up. I was clear at the beginning. It wasn't an air of competition in which I cared about anymore because it's hard to play in three different directions. And so I developed out of that crazy competition, I developed one game and there was only one strategy and that was running and running allowed me to win in two spaces. And so as long as I was playing, I was playing to my strengths. As long as I was playing, I was playing in the space in which I could win, in the space in which I had the advantage. And I won in that space. And I don't necessarily congratulate myself for that level of craziness. But what I I do recognize is that if you're going to do competition, then you should assess the game and you should say, where am I the strongest? If we're talking about a game like basketball or football, for instance, 
The question is, do I play good defense? Do I play good offense? Where is my greatest strength? And that's the game you play. And I think lesson number three is that it takes courage to end the madness. It does. I salute my sister because she did something that the rest of us were thinking, but we were too proud to do. I was thinking, this is crazy. I can't keep going like this. My sister's, my friend was thinking, this is crazy. We can't keep going like this. But nobody said, I'm not doing it anymore. Because we were like, no, there's this reward at the end of the rainbow. No, we're not going to let somebody else beat us. And it really did take courage. It really did take courage. It really did take her stopping and saying, I know I'm, I'm not a quitter. I know I'm not a person who, who ends something early. It really took courage for her to say, no more. We're not doing this anymore. And so I just want to recognize that when we step out of the game, when we say we're not going to do what everybody else is doing anymore, when we say we're going to stop comparing ourselves to other people, it does take courage because you're going up against the grain. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's complaining. They're saying how bad it is. They're saying they don't have much of a life. They're saying they don't have friends. They're saying their life sucks. They're saying they're burned out, but they're not stopping that crazy game. They keep going. I was in pain. I couldn't feel my toes and I kept going. And it took one person with courage to say, I'm not going to do what you're all doing anymore. I'm going to do something different. And so it takes courage. It takes courage to go against the grain. But that's how you really win. And so my calls to action in thinking about how is this different from last week is to recommend that if you're going to do this competition, if you're going to compete, and, and sometimes you choose to, I want you to compete only in arenas in which you have the advantage. So there are many games you could play. And somehow in whatever competition it is, there's, there, there are things that you are strong, particularly strong in. And if you're going to play the game, play only in the areas in which you're strong. Only in the areas. I'm not even going to say choose the areas in which you're strong and play the other areas sometime. I'm going to say compete in nothing but the one area in which you're going to win. And that allows you to bring your strengths to bear. It allows you to bring your talents and it allows you to not have to worry about the spaces in which you're weak because people will say, oh, you should develop your weaknesses and maybe you want to, but that's a lot of work. How about you play to your strengths? And in this space in which we call our careers, if you're going to compete, if you're going to do the madness, I want you to think about where am I the strongest? Where do I do really well effortlessly? And that's the area in which you're going to compete. But only if you're going to compete. Because call to action number two is that you should create your own game. Create your own game that's tailored to your strengths. See, this is the thing that's interesting in hematology and actually in academic medicine in general. The game was developed for a certain group of people. And it was developed according to their strengths. And then we come in, we have different strengths. But then we're playing their game. We're playing the game that they developed for themselves that allows them to win. But you develop games that play to your strengths. 
that play to the things your people want, the things your people are good at, the things your people care about. And so that's what you should do. You don't just come in and say, oh, this is the game. I'm going to play because they created the game for them. They're strong in this piece. This is the thing that they, they like. This is the thing that they do well in. And so they created a game that helps them win because it was a game for their strengths. And you come into the arena and you're like, oh, this is the game we all got to play. And it wasn't created for you. It wasn't created to, it wasn't tailored to your strengths, but you want to play anyway. And you want to try to win, but you are actually disadvantaged. And so what you should do, what I'm calling you to do, is to ask yourself, how can you create your, your own game, a game that is tailored to your strengths? And then how can you play that game and dominate that game? And you should think about it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not prescribing anything. I'm not saying, hey, are you a great writer? Play to a game that, you know, takes your writing. I'm not saying, oh, you're a great person who sees patients. Play a game that just is about your seeing patients. It's not even about that. You know the spaces in life in which you dominate. But they're not necessarily the same spaces that overlap in your career. In a sense, you're using different energies, different strengths to succeed in your career. And I'm saying, how can you take the things that you're really good at and make them a part of this career, creating a new game that is actually designed for someone exactly like you so that you can win every time? And then people come and say, oh, what's this game you're playing? I want to play too. And how do you win? They get to ask you, how do you win? Because they see you excelling in a game that you created that's tailored exactly to your own strengths. And call to action number three is that you should actually only play a game where you are the prize. Where at the end of the game, you are the prize that you get to keep. Because the challenge for us in academic medicine is people tell us if we, if we publish manuscripts, then we win. And it's a lie because no matter how many manuscripts we publish, there's always more to publish in our manuscripts. Then are three years old and it's like, well, that was three years ago. Whatever great thing you did was three years ago. Or they tell us, well, if you get a grant, then you win. Then we get a grant and they're like, well, that's a small grant. There's a bigger grant that you haven't got. Or they'll tell us that, well, if you get promoted, then you win. And then we go get promoted. And then they're like, well, there's one level of promotion, but you don't have X, Y, Z. And so what a sucky game where at the end, the prize is always changing or the quality of the prize actually diminishes over time. What kind of game is that? And so I want to encourage you to play a game where you are the prize, where you are the prize, where at the end, you're a better version of the self you started with. A game where at the end, you are a supercharged, super accelerated version of the you you started with. Play a game that enhances you. Play a game that develops you. Play a game that invests in you where the return on the investment is phenomenal. Play the game where you win every time because the win is a better version of you. I think that's all I have for today. And again, I want to go back to the title of this episode, which is, which game are you playing? Are you playing the game that's rigged, that they made for themselves, and then you got in and you just started playing because you thought this was the game you had to play? You don't have to play any game. You ain't got to play no game. (laughs) If you're going to play, you make up your own game. 
You make up your own rules and you set the prize as you. I want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, as you go forward in this week, that you take the lead. You change the environment by changing the way you engage. You don't have to walk the way they walk. You don't have to talk the way they talk. You don't have to do what they do. Change the way the game is played by changing the way you lead your own game. And that's the way in which we're going to change our environments because we refuse to play a game that is unfairly rigged against us. All right. If you want to continue the conversation with me, join me online at koicoach.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next time. Have a great week.